That's when we need to hear Jesus' voice calling out in the living room. When he said, Martha, Martha. Hear that invitation with your name on the front. As Jesus says, take a seat. I want to talk with you for a couple minutes. Realize what a gift that invitation is. Jesus is telling you it's okay to stop. It's okay to take a break. Sit down. You don't need to run around. Just take one minute. Sit down. All those other things that you need to do, serving other people, serving Jesus, it'll get done eventually. But for right now, sit and listen to Jesus' words. Sit at his feet and hear him say these words of comfort. As you're trying to put together all the different pieces in your life, hear Jesus say to you, I hold all things together. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 10. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Two words. Southern hospitality. I can already see the smiles on your faces. It's something that people here in the South, people here at Peace, they're especially good at it. I think I counted in the Welcome Center eight sign-up sheets for the meal next Sunday. Eight sign-up sheets. The cookie sign-up sheet alone is something to marvel at. You're not going to want to miss this meal next Sunday. So I think we here in the South can sort of relate to Martha's hospitality, right? We're welcoming a new pastor and we want to pull out all the stops. But imagine instead if we were giving a warm Southern welcome to Jesus. How many sign-up sheets do you think we would need then? 80? Everything would need to be just perfect. The sweet tea, the perfect sweetness the brisket, the perfect char, and the biggest bowl of the best banana pudding. And I'm sure you could think of a hundred other things that we would need. But today, Jesus tells us just one thing. Just one thing is needed. And today we're going to spend a moment talking about that one thing and how that one thing is needed first when you take on everything. And second, when everything is taken away. So one thing is needed when you take on everything. We see that with the two sisters. Two sisters, but two totally different activities. 
I'm wondering if, if we could somehow set up a time-lapse camera and see these two different sisters. They'd be totally different. You put up a time-lapse camera in the living room, and it's probably not very exciting. It might actually just look like a still-frame picture because Mary is just sitting there listening to Jesus. But if you had a time-lapse video of Martha in the kitchen, it would be a blur. She would look like, do you remember Taz the Tasmanian Devil just zooming back and forth? You know, broiling this, stirring this, whipping that. Because Martha, all alone, was taking on this great task of preparing a meal for the Lord. And it certainly was a great task. She was, she was serving Jesus. There's nothing to criticize her for there exactly. But a time-lapse video, just, just that kind of visual, isn't the only way to think about this scene. What if instead of, of seeing what the sisters were doing, what if we could see how they were feeling? If somehow we could run a stress test, get a heart rate on these two sisters. For Mary, it's, it's all guesswork. I don't know, what is a, a woman sitting on the floor, a resting heart rate, 55 beats per minute maybe? It's guesswork. But for Martha, it's not guesswork because Jesus gives us the read on her heart. Jesus sees all that activity in her kitchen, but he sees the anxiety in her. He sees the stress on her heart as she's pulled in, in every which direction by all these dinner preparations. And Jesus gives Martha the read on her heart. You are worried and upset about many things. So I think maybe we can relate to Martha on a deeper level than just southern hospitality. Life was pulling Martha in ten directions at once. And can we relate? Work, groceries, bills, exercise, phone calls, writing that birthday card, looking out for the grandkids, the parents, the grandparents, making cookies for the installation meal next week. We take on so much. We take on everything sometimes. But that's not inherently wrong because we can't just sit here and take on nothing. Many of these tasks, many of these responsibilities are, are necessary things and they're God-pleasing things. So the problem isn't necessarily that we're being pulled to all these other things. The problem is that we're being pulled from the one thing that's actually needed. We're pulled away from sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing Jesus' words. And when it comes to being pulled away from that, watch out because that is the devil's expertise. He will use anything that he can to pull you away from sitting at Jesus' feet. It can be the most noble task. It can be cooking family for your for your cooking dinner for your whole family. It, it could be um, volunteering all of your time here at church. Even when we think we're, we're doing something out of the, the deepest love for Jesus, we could be going away from what Jesus actually wants for us. Where Jesus wants rest for us, the devil wants restlessness. He doesn't want us opening up the Bible and reading the Word. He wants us picking up those notepads, looking at those to-do lists, looking at the calendars, and feeling overwhelmed. So that we're running on fumes. He wants all that activity 
to turn into anxiety so that we're worried and upset about many things. Being anxious. It's no small thing. It's nothing to just shrug off. It seems like anxiety is practically an epidemic in this country right now. But are we to think that the only cure for anxiety is medicine? Rather than considering a minute in God's word. We are pulled in every which direction, prescribed every sort of medication, being pulled away though from the one thing that is actually needed. Jesus' words. That's when we need to hear Jesus' voice calling out in the living room. When he said, Martha, Martha. Hear that invitation with your name on the front. As Jesus says, take a seat. I want to talk with you for a couple minutes. Realize what a gift that invitation is. Jesus is telling you it's okay to stop. It's okay to take a break, sit down. You don't need to run around, just take one minute, sit down. All those other things that you need to do, serving other people, serving Jesus, it'll get done eventually. But for right now, sit and listen to Jesus' words. Sit at his feet and and hear him say these words of comfort. As you're trying to put together all the different pieces in your life, hear Jesus say to you, I hold all things together. As you are running across town, as you're traveling across the country, hear Jesus say to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As you're sitting on the kitchen floor, the dishes are piling up again. You feel like a total failure. Hear Jesus say to you, dear child, you are mine. Taking on everything. It's not necessarily bad. But there's one thing needed. Jesus' words. Jesus, who took on everything for you. He took on the world. He took on your sin and he gave you his righteousness, his holiness. He took on the devil and he won. He took on death and he won. And he wants to tell you about it. He wants you to sit at his feet as he tells you all these promises. As he fills you to the brim with his life-giving words so that you're not going to be running on fumes at the end of the week, at the end of the day. Because these words revitalize your soul. They refresh you. They get you ready for all the tasks ahead of you. Sit and listen. And then, go and make the most of your day. Taking all of Christ's promises with you. Jesus taught those two sisters a valuable lesson that day. One thing is needed when you take on everything. But this lesson that Jesus has, it goes beyond the meal preparations for that day. Because Jesus was doing some preparing of his own. He was making some preparations for these sisters. For the day when everything would be taken away from them. The last words that we get in this account are Jesus' words to Martha. He says, Mary has chosen what is better. And it, is not, it will not be taken away from her. Mary could have chosen all sorts of different things, but she chose the one thing needed. And Jesus tells her it will not be taken away. 
But the story kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Jesus is telling this to Martha, but, but then what happens? We don't really find out. The curtains just close on this act. We don't know if, if Martha takes off her apron and sits down at Jesus' feet and listens or what she does. But this isn't the last that we hear of Mary and Martha. Within weeks or months, we pick up the story again with these two sisters, Mary and Martha, and we're introduced to a third character by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus is Mary and Martha's brother. And as the curtains open on this scene, it's a sad, sad scene. Because Lazarus has died. Their brother had been taken away from them in death. It's painful. These sisters are mourning this loss. And it's on that day that they're mourning the loss of their brother that we finally get to hear Martha's response to Jesus. On this day, do you know what Martha says to Jesus? She says, I know he, my brother, will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then it gets better. After Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Martha responds. She says, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. Where does Martha get that? On the, on the day that she's mourning the loss of her brother, where, she's all of a sudden talking about life after death. She's talking about Jesus being the Son of God. Where does she get it? This beautiful confession of faith. Could it be she heard those words on our living room floor as she sat at Jesus' feet? Jesus provided her with the one thing needed. And now weeks or months later, when everything's taken away, when her brother is ripped away from her, By the grace of God, Martha is holding on to the one thing needed. Jesus' words. In a sermon like this, about God's word, I'm operating on a lot of assumptions. I think we're on the same page on a lot of things. We know know God's word is good and important. We hear about it every week. We're reminded of it by pastors We see the the daily scripture passages on Facebook. We know about the the Bible reading plans and schedules. We know about all of that. And yet, isn't it so easy to just let that sort of slip away? To think, well, we don't need that, Not, not today anyways, it can wait. And we know, we know God's word is the one thing needed, but isn't it so easy to hold on to other things instead? Maybe some, some days it's, it's holding on to the house, or our health, or a spouse, family, friends, a bank account, you name it. There are so many other things that we like to put our hope in, that we want to rely on. But those things, they can all be taken away in a minute. The economy doesn't ask your permission to eat away at your savings. The cancer doesn't ask your sister's permission to wreck her life. The heart attack doesn't ask your dad's permission to stop his pulse. It's painful. Many of you have been here on this earth for more years than I have. You know you've been there. When things are just taken away from you suddenly and unexpectedly. And in that moment, when everything else is taken away, you need that one thing that is certain. 
one thing that you can hold on to. And that's the beauty of spending time in God's word. Because it does something. Sometimes it can feel like, well, what's the point? Why do I need to hear this again today? But reading the Bible isn't just something good Christians do to be good Christians to serve God. Time in the Word is God serving you. God preparing you for whatever day it is ahead that everything's going to be taken away. I don't know what that day is going to look like. Maybe, maybe it's sitting beside a hospital bed. Who's lying there? A spouse? A sibling? A parent? I pray not, but is it a child? A grandchild? On those days, in those moments, when everything is taken away, you have something that can never be taken away from you. Jesus' words. Jesus' promises. And even though we haven't been faithful with our time in God's word, God is always faithful with us, all the time. He speaks those words of forgiveness and comfort and strength into our hearts, and those promises will never be robbed from you, never taken away. Even on the days everything else is. There was one of those days last year. I was riding in my Jeep, and one of my good friends was in the passenger seat. That's when he told me about his wife's miscarriage. To have such a precious gift of life suddenly taken away. I was crying, didn't really know what to say to him. But he knew what to say. God's got it. God's got it under control. God has a plan. Where did he get that? There are a lot of things that a young parent could say. A lot of things a young parent might not say. But to say that, God's got it. Where does he get that confession of faith, that trust? Years earlier, as he sat in the small plastic chairs of a Sunday school classroom, years of sitting at the family table, Listening to the family devotion. Sunday morning sitting in chairs like this, sitting under the cross of Christ. All those minutes sitting at Jesus' feet had brought him to this day when everything was taken away. And by the grace of God, he was holding on to that one thing. Jesus' words. I don't know when or if those days are coming in your life. But I pray that God reminds you of everything that is yours in Christ Jesus. Of all of the promises in his word that you are holding on to by faith. I want to wrap up this sermon by taking us back to one more day. That day with Mary and Martha as they mourn the loss of their brother Lazarus. I sort of left you with a cliffhanger ending. Lazarus is dead in the tomb, but do you know what happens next? Jesus brings dead Lazarus back to life. 
with his word. Sort of like when he called out, Martha, Martha. He calls out, Lazarus, come out. This one wasn't an invitation. This was a command. Lazarus came right out. Jesus' words brought this dead man back to life. That's what we need. That's what we have. We have Jesus' words. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? By faith, we hold on to these promises. We will never die. We will live with Christ forever. Take that with you today. That's what you need. As you take on everything and for that day to come when everything is taken away. That's the one thing needed. And on that day when you are taken from this earth and seated at the heavenly banquet, you thought southern people knew hospitality. You wait and see to what Jesus is preparing for you. Amen.